hello, SRU. Uh, I hope everyone is doing well. I'm your host, Jeremy Lynch, and I'm joined once again by producer and co-host Nick Artman and SRU communications extraordinaire, Justin Zackel. Gentlemen, how's life? Man, no complaints here. No complaints here. You know, it's another day, one day at a time. I'm doing well. Justin, how about you? I'm ready. I think this episode is going to roll very smoothly here. (laughs) And with that, today (laughs) we are talking with Jillian Stringfellow, a 2017 SRU graduate with a uh, master's degree in adapted physical activity and currently the projects coordinator for the SRU Physical Health and Education Department. Uh, Jillian earned a bachelor's degree in exercise science from the University of Alabama And today we had a chance to talk with Jillian about SRU's recent designation as a Special Olympics Unified Champion School and the Unified Bocce Program. And look, it's important to note here that SRU was the first college or university in Pennsylvania to earn this designation and really only one of a handful of colleges and universities across the nation, schools like UNC Chapel Hill, Michigan State. And and again, I might be a little biased here. I am a professor of special education, but it really is hard to overstate how significant a designation like this is to a school the size of Slippery Rock. I mean, it really is a testament to the impressive things that we have going on at the Rock. And Jillian, um, she certainly champions that idea. So with that, here's Jillian Stringfellow. Thank you, Jeremy. That was a wonderful introduction. Um, Yeah, so... You know, I graduated from Slippery Rock back in 2017, and and after that, they hired me, and ever since then, I've been part of Special Olympics, even when I was a graduate student. We actually started the IUS, which is the Interscholastic Unified um, Champion School Program through SRU back in the spring of 2016. We had about four schools that we coordinated for bocce, which is the sport that we do out in Western Pennsylvania. And we go into the high schools in our area and kids with and without disabilities play on the same team. Uh, the goal of IUS is basically to change the culture of the school. Um, it's pretty insane to actually see the program grow from what it was with us all the way up to what we have now, which is about 13 schools. And if you talk to the special education directors and the athletic directors and the life skills teachers and, and whoever's involved in the program, it has changed their school for the better. They do whole school engagement activities where they do fans in the stands. They make signs for the kids. Uh, they're doing fundraisers to get the kids letterman jackets. It's, it's pretty great to watch. And And from the four teams to the 13, they're all in Western, kind of our little Western region, Beaver, Butler, Lawrence, um, those areas. And Amanda Breed, who used to work here, her and I were the coordinators of of these schools. So we would send our graduate students in adaptive physical activity, they're getting their master's in it, uh, out to these schools just like we did, and they coach. So they're getting that coaching sport experience with kids with disabilities and, you know, in an inclusive setting, working with high school kids without disabilities, you know, teaching them how to work with these kids that are in the life skills classrooms or in autistic support classrooms. Um, and it's it's really a great program. Now, this is, oh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, no. I was, I was just going to say my daughters go to Wilmington area school district. And so Wilmington High School is one of those schools and one of those programs. And I know 
the special ed director there. And I know, and I've seen the team's practice. It's, it's fantastic. It really is. That's- yes. Their special education director is one of my favorites. I will say um, they really support the program. They support us as coordinators. They allow our grad students to come in. I've even actually sent um, a few undergraduate students who want to get some extra experience in as assistant coaches. So they run the whole practices. Uh, they run the games. They make the calls on who gets to play, things like that. It's pretty amazing. And to talk about Wilmington, every time we go there, they have every single kid in their school is in that gymnasium. So their entire school watches their gameplay and it is an unreal experience. They have an amazing commentator. It's like you go to a basketball game there, track and field, anything. So it's pretty wonderful. Yeah. And, and that's the idea, right? Is to simulate the varsity sports environment for students that may otherwise not get that experience. And I think that's probably, for me, that's one of the most important, you know, we can talk about the unified champion designation and what that, that means and what they say, but it's really about this idea of inclusivity and getting everyone to feel like they're part of this community. And I think sport is a great way to do that. Regardless of the sport, you know, some people may, I, we can go back to our esports episode description of a sport, but I think Bocce is going to make it in there. <laughs> it definitely does. I like to, I think we have to ask this question though, but why Bocce? Because when I think of Bocce, I think of uh, old guys at the Knights of Columbus uh, playing, uh, playing Bocce out in the courtyard there. Um, have you never played bocce? <laughs> I played Dude, it's lawn a bocce. great game. I it's an Italian bocce. drinking game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is an Italian <laughs> like a, old Italian. Dudes. Old Italian guys playing bocce. Why? Why does bocce a good sport for this for a unified and playing at the at the uh, interscholastic level? Well, it's a great way, I think, to phrase the question, too, is why is it a good sport? Um, you know, here at the university, we also have unified intramurals, and and Amanda and I have looked at what is a good sport for meaningful involvement. And that's what Special Olympics is trying to get at, meaningful involvement. We don't want these kids being managers on teams. We don't want them being cheerleaders on the sidelines. It's all about them being able to showcase their abilities in the sport or physical activity setting. And bocce is definitely a sport that showcases that. I mean, if you've ever watched one of these games, I know um, some of y'all have come out. I mean, it is unreal. The kids who are considered athletes or the kids who have a disability are actually better most of the time than their partners who don't have a disability. They're able to shine in this setting. Um, and it's it's just a very good segue, I think, even into other sports and getting them involved in Special Olympics once they graduate or they age out of high school and accept their diploma. I mean, it's great to get them involved in, you know, say Butler County Special Olympics or whatever county they're in. And they're like, oh, well, here, you know, I did bocce for IUS. Like now let me go do bowling in the community or let me do horseback riding or, you know, it's it's a good segue as well, but it really showcases their abilities. Absolutely. But I do, I will say, I know we were talking a lot about Bocce and IUS, but, um, you know, in the state of Pennsylvania, they, they have picked two, I mean, three, they do Bocce track and field are our biggest and they do some soccer. Um, I believe, and my boss, Mike Bovino, would be very sad if I actually didn't know this exact number, but it's a little over 215 schools in the state of Pennsylvania who participate, um, who are unified champion schools and do IUS. So it is a massive number, and we only coordinate 13 of those schools, so you can imagine. Um, So we do the regional championship that was uh, just held in the spring of 2021. Um, Normally, 
what that looks like is all 13 schools come to the Morrow Field House and we would do their playoffs based off of their season. So I set up their schedules. I work with their athletic directors. We get times and dates. They play out their seasons, which is one to two games, like one away, one home. We've done an extra one. Um, and then they come to us end of February, beginning of March, typically in a pre-COVID year. And they play out the bracket here starting around two o'clock all the way to the end. So schools are actually allowed to have two teams as well, up to two teams. So there's eight on each team. So last actually culminating event we had, we had 17 teams. So you can imagine a 17 team bracket takes forever and you have, you know, all of those schools in here running around, but it's pure chaos. Um, What we like to call it here, uh, Mrs. Fagan and I call it organized chaos is what we do here over in APA, I think. Um, So it's wonderful. But this year in the COVID, um, for COVID, it just was a little different. And if these schools are going to participate during a COVID year and all their other sports are happening, to me, it was only fair that these kids are competing with something, like for something. Absolutely. You know, like I don't want them just to go, you know, they went and jumped through hoops to wear masks and, and, you know, hand sanitize and all this stuff and put these kids, you know, in rooms together to not work towards something that they're typically developing peers and playing in other sports are. So I, you know, went to Special Olympics and I said, look, like, are you guys doing states? Because what happens is the regional champion of our culminating event gets to move on to states, which is at Hershey, which is in line with the PIAA basketball tournament, which is really cool. They do like a whole event. Well, Special Olympics, due to good reasons, I mean, you're working with a vulnerable population who have, you know, secondary conditions, other disabilities. And so they have had more restrictions than we would have and the schools have. So states was just something that they weren't looking towards. So I told Special Olympics, I said, look, well, I'm doing a regional championship and I'm going to make this like we're going to have a regional champion regardless if they move on. Um, And a lot of the other regions obviously followed suit. So the way I did it this year is we, I did it just like how March Madness would be, but for PIAA. So I did out the bracket. And we played at their high school. So the higher seed would host uh, oh, the wow. team. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot of extra work. So the entire month of March, instead of one day, uh, I was out at the schools on Tuesdays and Thursdays mainly. And sometimes a school would host two games at a time, which was very convenient. Um, so at the, for the culminating event this year, it ended up just being two schools. So the actual championship game, which was uh, Shenango High School and one of Seneca Valley uh, High School school, uh, teams. And then Shenango ended up winning. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. But, um, you know, we talk about what, what Special Olympics and what the high schools, what they get out of it. But I think one of the perks for me to help run the program would be what I see our college students get from it. Um, I mean, you're over in special education. I think we're all about experience, even if I'm in more in the sport realm and you're more in the education realm. You know, it's just to have the hands-on experience is going to make these kids, regardless of what major they are in when they come to us. I mean, everybody's going to deal with somebody who has a disability, So while they're here, I think I make it one of my top priorities to make sure that each student gets some sort of hands-on experience if they come to me or come through our program or do the adaptive physical activity minor or masters. Um, So, 
you know, the grad students are getting that hands-on experience, but also we have a variety of Special Olympic programs. And that's why we got this, this designation or this recognition we just got. We were one in 518 schools in the entire country that have gotten this award. Um, that's, yeah, and I want to I say that's, that's not colleges and universities. That's mm-hmm. elementary schools, high school to call it. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that number is minuscule compared to the number of schools out there. I know. When I first saw the number, I thought to myself, I was like, well, it's kind of a lot of schools. And Dr. Dr. Jackson in our apartment was like, Jillian, that's 518 schools in the country. And I was like, okay, right. yeah, you have a point There's there. There's like a thousand elementary schools in Pennsylvania. <laughs> true. Right? That's true. Yeah. So to be a national banner, you know, recognized school through SPN and Special Olympics, you have to hit 10 standards of excellence. And and we do that here at Slippery Rock in various ways. We host the Western Fall sectional uh, where Butler County, Lawrence County, you know, our region, the Western region come to Slippery Rock in September and they compete to move on to, you know, Fall Fest. We also do a unified fitness program where college students get the opportunity to work one-on-one with either a student in the Rock Life program, which is a college program for students with disabilities here, or one of the local community members. We work with organizations like Meriki, Community Care Connections, and Golden Opportunities. And some of those individuals have never even stepped foot in a gym. So it's really great for them to go into the ARC, work one-on-one for an hour and 15 minutes. Um, It's more of a partnership. You know, you're working out and your athlete is working out. We also do unified intramurals here at Slippery Rock. So we've worked, you know, very closely with Matt Lowball and their team down there at the ARC. And we have done soccer. Our two sports we mainly do are soccer and then kickball. And those are unified teams. So those are the college students, you know, and Special Olympics qualifying athletes on those teams as well. And we play in typical intramurals. It's not like a separate league. We play for that T-shirt or that mug just like any other Slippery Rock student does as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, it's it's really cool. Kickball has been definitely a big hit. We know we do wheelchair basketball and we're starting to add in sitting volleyball, which is disability sport. Um, and I know a lot of our students have loved it. Or they love wheelchair basketball and are, you know, I think would really enjoy sitting volleyball as well. Um, another one is uh, Mrs. Fagan teaches the disability sport class here in the APA program, and they have the opportunity to get a coaching certificate. So Special Olympics provides, you know, a ton of opportunities. I don't care if you are a track and field fan, if you, you know, like equestrian, bowling, soccer, you know, basketball, you have the opportunity um, to pick from a list of items and go to Butler County or maybe, you know, if you're um, commuting, you can go to your county. And if you do 10 um, like volunteer hours with them coaching, they'll sign a coaching certificate and then you are given a certificate to be able to coach you know, that sport. So we do all of that here. We also just added in another club. We work with Dr. Hallworth over in special education. She's a good friend of mine. And, you know, we were talking about special Olympics over the summer and like, why are we having two separate clubs when we could combine these together? Right. And, you know, she's wonderful. So we started to make plans and now Zachary Bannum um, here who runs the rock life program has developed this new club where it's just a lot of inclusive activities running, spread the word events, um, you know, fans in the stands doing the polar plunge, which is a big special Olympics fundraiser. We try to get the students in. So, I mean, I know that was really long winded, <laughs> but I mean, we have a ton of programs for kids to get involved in and making SRU our tiny little SRU community so inclusive. 
I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the thing, right? I mean, that's sort of what we talked about at the beginning was what you all are doing and what, and what SRU is doing in general compared to its relative size as far in terms of university size. It's really, I, again, I, I say this a lot, but it's crazy the amount of things that we have going on in the community programs and the programs in general for a school that's relatively in the middle of nowhere and small in terms of university size. So yeah, I love it because of all the things you said, not just because of the individuals, you know, that are not, you know, able to participate in other activities, whether they're on campus or off campus, but the experience that, that our community gets that welcoming environment, like, Hey, look, we host hundreds of athletic competitions on this campus from summer baseball to basketball tournaments, to cheerleading camps, but it's also important that everyone sees that we host events that are inclusive to everybody mm-hmm. as well. And that it really is, we're trying to trying to set ourselves up, right? I don't even know. That's probably not even the right way to say it. We're not setting ourselves up. We're just, we're doing everything that we can do to make people want to come to Slippery Rock, whether it's for a day to participate in a bocce tournament or for four years to get a degree. So yeah, I love all the things that are going on. So I, mean- I get... Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, I just think it's amazing too, because we, you know, I think that, and you see this, I think over in, you know, special education too, is sometimes our expectation level, not ours, but we're constantly educating, I guess is what I'm saying on the ability levels of some of these kids with disabilities and adults with disabilities. And so I think it's our job to, to educate and promote advocate all those words, you know, all the buzzwords um, for these kids, because, you know, we're all about sports and physical activity and staying fit and healthy over here in PHE, um, especially APA. And our goal, our main goal in the APA, the Adaptive Physical Activity Program is, you know, lifelong wellness and sports and physical activity are for everyone, you know, not just, you know, like I was a, I was a softball player in high school and I loved it. And what sports have done for me, um, you know, I mean, clearly I have a degree and, you know, a a job now relating to sports. And I think that, you know, obviously there are many aspects to life and, and I think staying physically active and participating in sports is going to be huge. You're, you know, you're getting involved in the community, you're learning social skills, you're learning, I mean, you're learning skills you you don't even know that you're learning. And that is huge for these kids with disabilities, I think, just to have the opportunity. Mm -hmm. For sure. Because for so long, they've been, if not purposefully excluded, which is certainly the case in some areas, but unintentionally excluded because people didn't think that they were capable. And look, beyond the, the disability community, we joked earlier, yes, it is an old man Italian drinking game in terms of bocce, but you get outside, you bocce in itself is kind of fun, but you at least get outside, you socially interact with people. It is getting people to understand that there's more to sport than an AAU basketball tournament, right? Exactly, that, yeah. that there are activities that you can do that you can be involved in now that you can do for the rest of your life. That doesn't involve, you know, injury or risk of injury. I, I don't know. You could probably get injured playing bocce. Depends I mean, on how you many could trip over had. the court. Yeah. Ball. <laughs> I was going to say, I've seen some they of those guys. They get pretty waivers. intense. They do sign, we sign medical waivers for everything, but I, <laughs> yes, I can see for sure. <laughs> um, so Jillian, so I guess you got a lot going on, but what is the future of this look like? So go ahead. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> that is probably a complicated question. 
Um, or I mean, we just, we've continued to grow. I mean, all of the programs that I just listed, you know, the reasons of how we've met the, the 10 excellent standards of Special Olympics and why we got this huge award um, is because we have grown. You know, um, Wendy Fagan over here in APA started, you know, they were reaching out to Special Olympics, you know, a, a county director and they're like, oh, hey, let's just do this program where I bring a few kids into the arc and we do this weightlifting thing, you know, just like super casual. And that was back in... She's going to get mad at me if I get this wrong, maybe 2004 or something. I mean, we've been, Special Olympics has been connected with SRU for years. And that partnership has grown from one program to what we have now, which is about five programs. I mean, if you come to me and ask me like, hey, can we run this? Absolutely. I mean, we just got a new professor over, um, over here, Dr. Young, and she started Young Athletes. So it's for the little guys, three to five. So I think what it looks like for the future is we just continue to work with Special Olympics on the needs of our community and what they see that their needs are and just, you know, mutually benefit from the relationship that we've been provided. They just asked us to write, um, we're finishing up writing a manual for Unified Fitness that'll be distributed to all 205, the number I'm going to use, 205 schools across the state of Pennsylvania so that their high schoolers can work together, you know, kids with disabilities working out. So I think there's potential to, to just massively grow and to share a big thing for the future for us is, is sharing what we've done as a university with other universities. You know, we've talked with a few uh, Nebraska Omaha. We've talked to the guy out there um, who does special Olympic stuff and he is amazing. Wants to know how we've implemented it in our tiny little town and university community, like you said, and, and I think that's going to be the new norm is how are these universities going to benefit from having programs just like we have? It's awesome. I love everything about it. And it's not just because I'm in special education, although that definitely gives me a little bias. Uh, but the program at Wilmington is awesome. I do know how much that community or our community loves that program. So thank you for everything that you're doing. I really hope that, you know, whatever it is comes in the future, you know, we have the support to do it because it's awesome. Absolutely. Thank you. So we tried this out on our last episode and we all enjoyed it. So we're going to do it again. I'm going to ask you three questions here. And two of the questions, um, Justin and Nick know because they're going to be repeat questions. But the third one's always one that I just cook up. So, okay. all right. First one, you have been here um, since your master's degree started back in 2016. Mm -hmm. So what is your best memory of SRU? Ooh, my best memory. Yeah, I mean, I definitely only did my grad program here. And then they hired me or Dr. Arnhold when he was here, he hired me. So ooh, I think my best memory would be and the reason why I'm the coordinator now I have a two part a two parter is um, the IUS program when it was four we coached out at Sharpsville. Um, I have to tell you guys this and this is bad. So we uh they sent us out to Sharpsville. I'm the head coach, right? Um, with three other people and I had to use the restroom, but we're out like in Sharpsville. They put us next to the softball field and there's like nothing around us. So that's accurate. Yeah. 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 
so I had to jump the fence for the football as a grad student um, to the football stadium to go down there. Bathrooms are locked. So I jumped back and I have a scar now because I gashed open my entire forearm mm. uh, and they had to take me to the hospital during practice and I got in some trouble. So Dr. This Arnold is why wasn't you sign medical waivers. Yes. This is why you sign medical yes. waivers when you have to use the restroom apparently. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that program, I mean, that's the reason why I continue it here today because the experience I got was unreal some of these athletes. So they call it Sharpsville for a reason. The fences are sharp there oh, too. Man. Apparently. Ooh, Justin, good one, yeah. You, it's <laughs> unreal, man. You've had two comments today and wow. Justin's <laughs> ability to come up with puns at the most random. I mean, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. <laughs> It is. It is great. This is why he is the communications director. Well, we all have scars from our time at uh, SRU, right? Some are oh, some geez. are physical, some emotional, maybe. I don't know. I can't. I can't. I'm done. <laughs> all right, Jillian, number two. If you could see one thing in SRU change overnight, what would it be? These are really hard questions. You guys know that, right? Man. I know. This is the, this is the fun part. <sighs> I could see anything change overnight. Mm. It can be anything. It can be anything. You could change a physical characteristic. You could change a cultural component, whatever you want. Well, one, I would put this, I would put Slippery Rock in a city because I'm from Alabama and this is way more rural up here than where I'm from in Alabama. (laughs) So that's saying something. (laughs) If I could have access to like, more places to eat and like a legit coffee shop that's apparently coming fingers crossed soon and you know, all kinds of just needs. I think that would be great for me <laughs> and less silly. I'm a runner and I'm so tired of running all these Hills. I'll tell you that. <laughs> See, now that's why I live an hour away from slippery rock. Uh-huh. <laughs> you live in Edinburgh. Yeah, You're but not that's exactly like a metropolis. It's close enough to Erie. <laughs> Well, that's what they say about Pennsylvania, though. I mean, this is more of a uh, this comes up around uh, 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 political elections, but it's uh, it's Pittsburgh and Philadelphia and Alabama in between. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard Tennessee, Kentucky, West Virginia. Pick one. Yeah, pick one. I love West Virginia. All right. Last one. So we all get to spend a lot of time on Zoom these days. So how much time do you spend looking at yourself or at others? during a meeting. So there is a research, there's an article that I read. This is funny that you bring this up. And I was talking to my coworker. I work for a nonprofit called Envision Blind Sports. And uh, my coworker, Ben, in it said, hey, yeah, I read this research article on um, the amount of time that women look at themselves during Zoom versus men. And uh, I think the, the rates for women way higher. And I will hundred percent agree with that. This whole time we've been on zoom together. I've looked at myself a decent amount of times. <laughs> yeah. I'm still wait. I'm, yeah. I, I'm guilty too. And I need that. Like <laughs> hide. I need to hide presenter view is what I need. Like I don't, I'm, mm-hmm. I need to get rid of it because I'm constantly like, Oh, is my camera in focus? Like how's the, cause I'm a production nerd. So I'm like, Oh, is it, how's the frame? No. Yeah. I'm with you. I need rid of it is what I need. It, like, I'm like, is that what I look like today? <laughs> <laughs> It is like an out of body of experience, isn't it? It's like uh, it's like you're you're looking at yourself mingling with your coworkers or your students on the screen. It's just it's just it's tr- it's strange. It's mm-hmm. a very weird psychological experiment we're playing yeah. on ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> we never spend this much time. Like, oh, I agree. <laughs> I can I, I completely. Agree. I understand why our students just don't turn their video on. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Well, Jillian, we'll let you off the hook with that last one. Thank you again. <laughs> we really appreciate it. Uh, we look forward to all the great things that you all are doing. So enjoy. Thank you. Hello, SRU is brought to you by Slippery Rock University and is part of the WSRU Podcast Network. It's hosted by Jeremy Lynch and produced by Nick Artman and Justin Zackel. If you or someone you know has an SRU story, send it on over to podcast at sru.edu. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Hello SRU wherever you get your podcasts.